0: Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from The Heart Church and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Their HPCs, and um, you know, Tim's phone, when you're on the phone with Tim, it's quite a uh, family experience, you know. It, it, you get to hear a little bit from what he's ordering from Chipotle, I hear him talk to sons, a lot of Sam is bound to be around, and it, it never just like says, okay, I gotta go. It always takes a natural end as like, we just run out of things to say. You know? It reminds me of my brother in law, you know, he just can always be on the phone. And then he gives me a hard time, and I don't know, like, Never the answer, answer the, the phone. See you know? yeah, what I'm saying? Anyway, but um I love you guys. I love being here in Hartford. And I'm really fired on Men's Day. All right. I mean, Woo! it's awesome to be able to preach the brothers. I love yeah. um you know every guy's movie out there, you know, Braveheart, 300, Troy, uh, obviously Combat Sports is uh was yeah. a massive part of my life. I wrestled, I boxed, and um it, it was a big part of molding actually as a man as well, and some of the coaches and things that I've had. And uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about admonishment. So word okay, that really hasn't been used a lot after the uh, late 1800s, okay? But we're going to we're gonna bring it back. We're going to give new life to it, all right? And admonishment, we're going to do it if we love and respect each other, all right? We're going we're gonna to do it if we love and respect each other. We're going to talk about you behind your back. We don't respect you, right? But if we respect you, we'll, we'll do it to you. Right? we right? but not without love either, though. So depending on your relationship with this word, you might have had some good experiences with it, you might have had some bad experiences with, experience with it. You might have been part of giving someone a bad experience with this, as I have. I've tried to, you know, we try to coach people up, try to help people out. It doesn't always go how you uh, would like for it to go all the time. So I'm going to learn how to do this and why it's so vital and how it connects to the cross, right? So, uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 16. should be up here. It's so packed. There it is. Boom. Galatians three sixteen. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through songs and songs from the spirit, singing to God. is using this word admonish. And so I speak uh Spanish and English, don't figure up Italian yes, so. here. Hey, Go. Hey. Oh, hey. hey. So uh with, with language it's interesting. Sometimes it's hard to nail down exactly like how do I describe this word? Like it just is the word, you know? Like it, it just is what it is, right? And so it's similar with admonish. And so, I'm going to show you a lot of Greek uh, kind of translations for it. I'm not a Greek scholar. Bring the cardinal rule here, showing Greek, not being a Greek scholar, right? But we're going to do it. And if, if I wouldn't look at any of these like this is exactly what it is, but we're circling around what it is, right? What does it mean to admonish? So, I'm not even going to try to pronounce some of these. We're going to go to uh, the next slide. And uh, we have to admonish or to exhort, right? We have uh, move with anger, to admonish sternly. This is when Jesus, you know, that death even existed because when Lazarus had passed, he, he was moved, he was, and he was moved to such a degree that he was angry about the sting of death uh, for his friend. We have to recall to one's senses, you know, call someone back, bring them back, reel them back in, admonish. Uh, we have to advise from close beside. Any of us that have had really good coaches in our lives, right? They, they've been able to bring us alongside them, right? Those are the best coaches. Not the ones that just yell at you all the time, Although a lot of coaches will yell at you. <laughs> but the ones that will bring you alongside them, right? To, to, what do we have here? To call, and I think we have another slide. We're going to the next one. And uh, to exhort or to encourage, we have uh, to remind, call to one's remembrance. So them. this is what communion is about. To remind you, Like this is what Jesus did for you and for me. Mm. We're trying to remember. We're, we're, I'm I'm up here admonishing you to remember the cross, right, to remember what is it. And in light of that, our behavior should change, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, to expose or to convict, a lot of them are like, yes, we're all about justice. We're going to expose all of that, right? And uh, sometimes uh, I got to be careful when my anger is stirred when it comes to that. But definitely, admonishing is about also bringing what is dark into the light. Mm. Like, that's a part of it. We should call out things that are dark and expose them uh, for what they are. And uh, we also have to teach. This is the deliberate didactic discourse, right? So if you're in college, you know, this is a professor just talking to you, like, okay, this, I'm super smart. You, got the, you guys don't know anything, so I'm going to lecture and I'm going to teach you, right? And so so these are all kind of getting around what this word is about, this word admonish. And it's something that we are called to do with each other. And it's something definitely we need to be doing as men. I think so often we're just like, you know what, I'm not going to bother with. I saw it, but uh, I got to go to the store, you know? We just don't like getting our hands dirty with each other, you know, for a lot of different reasons, I think. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we as men really have to think about in growing and change, is that tendency to just kind of back off and stop. Like, stop having real conversations, stop talking, stop admonishing each other. Mom, you know, because these are things that we're supposed to use to really bring us back on track, right? We're supposed to admonish. Like, if we love each other, we're going to admonish each other. And it's not based on what I feel or think or my opinion. It's based on this message of Christ that is dwelling amongst us richly, mm-hmm. right? Let's go, Pat. And so if I was to give it a, um, a definition here, if I was to try to take a shot at it, um, I would say to use whatever tools of love and righteousness are necessary to influence someone to see and obey God and his will or to see and follow God and his so. will. So you're bringing to bear everything you have in your arsenal, whether it's emotion, whether it's logic, whether it's reason, whether it's love and righteousness, right? And you're bringing everything you have. Think about the best coach you ever had in your life, the best teacher you ever had in your life. Like, they know how to get it out. They know how to bring it out of you, right? Like, they see something in you, and they're trying to help you to follow, but they're trying to help you put it into practice. And so we, we can do this, but remember the tools are not anger, right? We're not talking about tools of pain, we're not talking about tools of pettiness, right? We're not talking about tools of bitterness, right? We're talking about tools of love and righteousness. These Mm -hmm. have to be, these are foundations when it comes to admonishing. Like these are the gates that an admonishment should pass through. Do you love this person? Do do you really love them, (laughs) right? And the second thing is, are you operating righteously in this situation? Your admonition should pass through that. Because people can tell when you don't love them, right, teams? You can tell like when someone's just coming at you, coming down your neck, right? Like you can tell. We know, men, we know when that's happening, when it's just bunch of talk and a little side dressing, you know. Like we can tell when we're not really loved or when we're not really respected. And so if we're gonna go to admonish, it's really important. That we're making sure before God, whether or not they feel it is another thing, right? We'll talk about that. But before God, I love you. I love you. And I care about you. And I'm not the best of you. And the second thing is, I am doing my best to act as righteous as I can in this situation. After those things, you're, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a conversation that ends with a person feeling pretty loved. I mean, I've been sternly admonished in my life. And I've left feeling super loved by that person, because no one else did that for me. Especially when I was at my lowest in my life. You know, I had a couple people that maybe made mention of some things that they were concerned about. Definitely parents, you know. But it's like, aside from that, I didn't really have people try to help me with things that they saw in my life. And so we get to do that as men in church. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk about two tools uh, that we can use, that we can bring into Really, really being able to admonish each other in a healthy way that we can really build each other up and not tear each other down as right. men. The right. first thing is belief, and I love this. We're gonna read in John chapter one. Uh, this is a little bit a little longer text, so I don't have it on the screen, but it's John chapter one, verse forty to forty-nine. Come on, you guys, turn. Right. You you guys, with me? Yeah. 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 All right. So in John chapter one, verse forty to forty-nine, it says, "Andrew, Simon Peter's brother." Was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah. Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip. He said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from them? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approach, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. You know, Jesus was a force of, he was a force of belief and positivity amongst his people. You know, he saw Peter. Peter at this time was not acting like the rock, right? And yet he renames him Rock, right? He gives him this name that you're a, you're a rock, Peter. Peter was emotionally all over the place, right? And, and just kind of a that, was a, that was a knock on me for a large part of my life. I was emotionally up and down all over the place. He was able to see beyond his sin. He was able to see beyond his shortcomings. And he was able to see the rock that Peter was. Here comes Nathaniel. Nathaniel's the thing like, Nazareth. I know my Bible well. It doesn't say the Messiah comes out of Nazareth. Anything good come from there? Right? Talking trash, basically, about Jesus, essentially. And what does Jesus say about him? He a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He saw beyond. The Daniel's arrogance in that moment, right? He saw that that there was something more to him. And my question for us brothers is: Can you see other people like that? You know? mm. What do you focus on? Good question. Do you focus on the sin that you can see, the imperfections that you can see, or can you see something beneath it all when you look at each other? Because you know, we know when we are believed in, yeah. right? We know when people believe in us and can see us from beyond where we're actually at at that moment. And when people believe in you, why, what does this have to do with admonishing? Well, it's going to make an admonishment go a lot better, but it is in a sense it's self-admonishing because when you believe in somebody they want to live up to your expectation right, knowing that Jesus died for you, that doesn't make you want to like, make sure he didn't do it in vain mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't call you higher to know how much Jesus loves you yeah. so when you know people believe in you, you kind of it makes you like, yeah makes you want to believe in yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes you want to really, really make them look like a genius circle Talk about it. You know? And um, I'm so grateful for the men that I believe. I don't know where I'd be without guys that five years, uh, five, six years of graduating college. So I transferred twice. I started football quit. tried to fight one of my coaches in one school, transferred to another school, and uh, just couldn't stop partying. I, I was like slow at one point I was smoking marijuana daily for about two years. Mm. And uh, I was still boxing at the time. We'll uh, figure out how that's going to all work out, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I was, just, I was living a crazy life, you know? And I was down, and I was depressed. And uh, I just didn't i didn't really have a direction or guidance in my life. And I remember praying, I was like, God, can you just send me somebody to help me with this stuff? Yeah. You know, I was like, amen for a vision and everything like that, but I want a coach, man. Like, I just thrived in, 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 in sports settings and coaching settings. And I was just like, I just need a spiritual coach, somebody that can, like, hold my hand, walk me through this thing. What does it mean um, to actually live like a real man, like, like Jesus would? you know, with truth. Because I read about Jesus, I was like, man, he knew how to respond to everything. And he wasn't a pushover, and he wasn't a doormat, And yet, he really loved people, and he was willing to cry. And I was like, that's a man's man, And I'm like, I want to be like that, but I can tell I'm so far from that. Um, I try to act tough all the time. It's, probably, it's, it's a lot of reasons why I got into combat sports, because I was really scared. I was scared all the time. You know, so I'm like, well, let me learn how to look and be and, and fight the best so no one would ever try me, right? And uh, it was just a disguise. And I wanted to really learn from the inside out how to be a man, how to be a man like Jesus. And so after praying that prayer, uh, a guy named Cash met me on campus, asked me to study the Bible. And in my first Bible study, I think when he met me, I was high, to be honest with you. So imagine. uh, I mean, imagine. My eyes are bloodshot red. And uh, imagine if he didn't see beyond. Those weaknesses in that moment, Mm. my imperfection and my sin, that guy, that's a big thing for him. That's going to be too tough. You know, addiction's a monster. Mm. You know, I I don't know. These Bible studies, they might not really go anywhere. Imagine if that was it for me. Imagine imagine if you just gave up on me after Mm. that. Right? But but he stuck in there with me. I I was cursing in my first Bible study, like profusely, because I didn't actually think that people really followed the Bible. I thought it was just all like a joke. You know, and so even though I wanted it, I didn't think it was, like, that serious. Like, I knew it was serious, but I didn't know it was that serious. <laughs> and so I'm cursing in my first Bible study, and I see, and, you know, hey, man, he, he met me where I was at. He didn't, like, you know, beat me over the head, but I saw his eyes get big, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just shooting up people. So I see his eyes get big, and I'm like, oh, I did something wrong with <laughs> like, oh, you know, yeah, man, we we'll about that, you know. <laughs> But you know what? I could see in him that he saw something in me. And I was able to borrow his belief in me, if even only for temporary, until I was able to connect with Jesus deeper and deeper. And we need that from each other. Because I know as men, we walk around always feeling like failures a lot, feeling like we're not doing enough, feeling like or it's, everything is going to fail. And we carry all of this pressure with us every day. And so when you can speak vision and belief into each other, that's going to do something. That's different than what the world offers us as men. Yeah, you know. I remember my, my, my boxing coach. <laughs> my first fight that I was ever going to have. Uh, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, man, I don't know. I feel kind of, you know, my hands hurt a little bit. You know? I was like, oh, I'm going to have my first fight here. And I've been boxing and training since I was 14. And uh, I never was able to compete. My mom wouldn't let me. And that was kind of my excuse. I oh, don't you know I can. My mom wouldn't let me that. Then my mom let, said, You can. I was like, oh, I <laughs> All right, I don't excuse. All right, so I was like, You know, got to show up or not. And my boxing coach, because the environment, if you ever get into a fight or a boxing fight, especially an amateur one, it's insane. Yeah. All right, it is like a non stop adrenaline rush. And if it's your first time going to watch one, you're just like, I don't want to do that. All right, these people. But I, I I wrestled I had understand like you know comment, but it, it was it was a different it was a different environment. And uh, I just remember my coach he looked at me he he's like listen man can I get your feet like that. He's like, that's what I'm and he said. And and I saw he's like, yo, no, you got this. Like you're ready for this. You've trained. Like I'm gonna get you, and then they all show up with like headbands that said Pat on and stuff. And I'm like, oh man, okay, I really got to show up today. And then I wouldn't fight. Like It turned out I wasn't that bad of a fox at, uh, at the
1: end of the day. So
0: um, it was amazing, you know, what belief can do for each other. Right. What do you typically focus yeah. on mm. when it comes to brothers around you? Mm. Do you focus on what they do wrong, what they do well? Do you focus on their imperfections? Do you focus on their gifts? Mm. We mm. should all look at each other like, what gifts do you have? Because mm. every mm. gift has a flip side. So mm. you might be focusing on the sin part or the, the, the danger. Emotion, for example. Emotions are super powerful. They're awesome. And they're helpful in a lot of ways. And Paul used emotions. Jesus used emotions. Right? And so there's great. There's a gift to emotion. And then there's a flip side to emotion as well, right? Especially unbridled. But what do you focus on when you see somebody who is all over the place emotionally? You just say, oh, they're all over the place. you say, wow, if we can hone them, if, get, if they let God hone that, that's powerful. Because mm-hmm. I was that guy. I was, I was him, I was all over the place, the mm-hmm. happy, sad, happy, sad, and, and it was people and brothers believing in me that helped me to get through that. Come on, oh, man, man. Mm-hmm. When people are around you, do they feel like they're doing well? Like, do they feel like they're above? Do they feel like you believe in them. Mm. Come on, man. You got to have that around each other. You know, the second thing is, I'll just share uh, briefly on this point, this is, and well, not too briefly because it is really important, but admonish with the truth. We have to admonish each other with the truth. In John chapter 8, verse 31-32, the passage many of us know, to the Jews who have believed in, Jesus said, hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Why do we become Christians for those who you that have decided to? It's, it's not because of someone's opinion. It's not because of how awesome someone was, although God did use somebody, right? Yep, yep. It was the word of God that transformed us. Mm-hmm. It was the word of God. So, why? Why do we stop using it sometimes to help other people have transformation? Yeah. Help. Right. Let's Let's make sure we're still using the Word of God, whether it's we're opening it, which we should do a lot, especially yeah. when we're talking to each other, or like referencing it, and for a variety of reasons. It's not just for rebuking. Right? All of them are like, Yeah. Excuse. It's like no, no. You use the Bible to encourage just as much as you do to, uh, like, you know, rebuke, basically, recite, whatever you want to call it. You know, you use it to encourage, you use it to inspire. Can you look at somebody that's like sad or discouraged and you know in your mind, oh, I have Romans 8 for that. Alright, I'm going to show them Romans 8 or I'm going to send them Romans 8, right? Do you, do you have those scriptures ready to go just as much as we do the ones that are like, yeah, like Galatians 5.19, right? we got to use all of it, right? we got to use all of it but we also should be more and more fluent in the language of encouraging and making sure people don't miss the grace of God. So when we admonish We have to use the Word of God. When you encourage, use the Word of God. When you correct, use the Word of God. When you coach people up, use the Word of God. When we say, that's cap, use the Word of God to prove it. If you think I'm capping, show me in the Bible how I'm Captain. When we expose sin, we expose it with the Word (laughs) of God. We can lift others up. I'm so grateful for Aaron, Tim, Dave, Siobhan. We go back and forth about scriptures. Uh, we go back and forth about, like, all right, how can we, all right, I'll, I'll share with them. Here's what I'm going through, bro. It's just, all right, man, all right, well, I think I hear you, bro. I hear you, man. Here's how we can, here's a good scripture, here's a good approach to that, and you'll relate. I've been in the same situation, you know. And, and we got to have those type of relationships with each other. But did you start pulling back at some point as a guy? Mm. Like, this is for dudes, that we do this a lot, where it's like, ah, I didn't like that. I'm just going to, you know what? I like you, but I don't like. I love you, but I don't like you, kind of thing. And then we justify never being like around each other. Wow. Like the, the we 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 do obstacle courses through church to avoid people, right? And it's like no, no, no. You gotta lean into that. God's trying to show you something with that. A conversation is necessary, yeah. right? But with love and with righteousness. Yeah. Okay, I don't want you to leave here and you know, i set up on it. So I can't. Like, yeah. No, with love and with righteousness. We gotta we gotta do it. Alright? In the armor of the Lord, I don't know if that came up there, but the Word of God is our only offensive weapon. It's our only offensive weapon. It's the only way we gain ground against Satan. And so if you really want to help somebody be free, if you really want to free them from whatever's going on in their lives, whether it's sin, whether it's discouragement, then you've got to employ the Word of God to do it. Anything else is, is pride. That's right. Like your opinion is not going to free somebody the way the Word of God can free. So we can grow in our ability to make sure we know how to how to really prescribe, I guess, the right thing in that moment. Or at least pray together if we don't know what else to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the, the rest of this here, but I, I think a lot of times we hold back because, you know, who am I sometimes? You know, like, who am I? I got all my own issues, right? Who am I to admonish somebody? Who am I to help somebody? Like, look at me. Like, think about me right after I got baptized. Like, yeah. was a mess. Like, who am I to help anybody, right? Well, you know who you are in 1 Peter 5 9. 1 Peter, verse 5 and 9. Sorry, I don't know what chapter it is. Uh But it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God and Jesus Christ. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him. You out of darkness into his wonderful light. So who are you? You're a royal priesthood. Right? You're a royal priesthood. You are absolutely able and competent to help people to follow the word of God and use whatever you have to help them. Let it come from love. right? That, takes a, that does take more work. right? Be willing to like, even as a guy cry with somebody like, I'm so worried about you. And the direction that things are going right now in your life, like, let your tears come out about how concerned you are for somebody. Let them see it more than they see your frustration, more than they see your anger, more than they see how much you hurt them. Like, let your love come out. Because I believe beneath the anger and the frustration and the hurt is our deep love for that person. It's there. And I think we, we tend to just focus on the anger. But if you dig a little deeper, I think you'll find that it's like, man, I just love you. It, it kills me. My brother in Christ, this kills me. And, and get in touch with that. Let them see it. Let them feel it from you. you know, in John 15, 14 to 16, and we're going to take communion here. You know, Jesus, he didn't hold back in relationships. And hear me right when I say that. We're, and let's read the passage. John 15, 14, 16 says, I have no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Jesus held nothing back in his relationship. He didn't hold back the truth. He didn't withhold emotions. He didn't withhold concern. He didn't withhold love. He didn't withhold encouragement. He didn't hold back his friendship. He left it all on the field, so to speak, for his brothers when he went and died on the cross. Jesus' death on the cross is the ultimate proof that he believes in you. Mm. Uh, Jesus believes in you more than you will ever, like more than you can believe in yourself. Just accept that truth. As hard as it is to really believe that for some of us, accept it. And the proof of it is on the cross, how much Jesus believes in you. It's on the cross. Because would you die for somebody if you didn't see that they were really going to be able to answer that, right? You'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Jesus saw you and said, you're worth dying for. I see Mm -hmm. how special you are. Mm -hmm. I see what you're capable of. I see what your gifts are. Let's not self-sabotage it though, guys. Let's really own that, lean into that, and go after it. Jesus in a way he loves us and admonishes us to move beyond where we are is the ultimate example that we have, and as we take the bread and juice, I want to encourage you guys to think about the ways that Jesus believes in you. And offer that belief and truth to others. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, Just to reflect on the cross, God, thank you for everything you've done for us, Father. Thank you for the ways that you believe in us and you're able to see us beyond our imperfections, beyond our weaknesses, God. We're so grateful. Father, I pray that we as men can really continue to keep this flame alive, God, of making sure your word is dwelling among us richly, God. I pray that we as men can light the fire for our entire church. God, that it can start here in this very room, in this very night, God, that whatever is needed, that it can start with the guys, that it can start with the men, that we can just have such love, such unity, and that, that your message, God, can dwell among us. Yeah. Uh, so richly, God, I pray for us in Southern Connecticut as well, that, that all of our men, God, that we can really have this as a standard, God, uh, mm-hmm. that as we admonish each other with love and righteousness, God, and we thank you that that's the way. And you have helped us to grow as well. Thank you, God. We love you. And this is Jesus Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for listening to The Heart Podcast. To learn more about The Heart, visit us online at Heartfordchurch.org.